impulsiveness, disorganization, poor time management skills, problems focusing on a task or multitasking, poor planning, low frustration tolerance, and a lack of sleep at night. What does all of this mean? Thank you for joining me on episode 49 of the Unique on Purpose podcast, helping you find victory in how God has uniquely created you. I am your host, Rachel Jenneman, just a regular gal trying to help people know they are called to be victors in Christ Jesus. Today starts our ADHD series with my friend Wes Molnar. He opens up about what it is like to be an adult with Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder, also known as ADHD. So take a listen as he shares his journey. Welcome back to the Unique on Purpose podcast. And I have with me in the studio today a dear friend of mine, Wes Molnar. Wes, we, I don't know how long we've known each other. We've known each other for a few years because you were a kid's... A yeah, I'm, I was a kid's pastor. You were a kid's pastor. And so we met kind of through those channels. But you were a kid's pastor only like 45 minutes away from me. So it was so easy to be able to connect with you and just compare notes and all that stuff. So Absolutely. Yeah, you were a big help and just learning how to, you know, how to be a children's pastor because I had no idea. So I really looked to you and you were such a huge help. Yeah, I that. didn't know what I was doing either. <laughs> so I was just faking it till I made it. Like, it's just like what you have to do in ministry. And now we've kind of parted ways from children's pastoring. You're a husband. You're a father. You were a boy dad, yes. but now you, your wife just recently gave birth to a little girl. Yes. So that, I, I want to say poor girl, but no, she's <laughs> going to be like, she's going to be so protected yes, with those three yes. older brothers. Yes. How has that been for you? It has been great. You know, there's something I, I heard it, it, you know, before that it, there's just something great about being, having a girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's something different. And I think it has just been so unique to see those unique differences because yes, we have had three boys and you know, now to have that girl and just to see those unique differences. I mean, she's only three months, so you don't see too much, but it's, mm-hmm. it's been amazing. You will, though. Yes, you absolutely. will see. She'll be building the beautiful blocks and castles and the boys are going to come over and <laughs> topple them all down. That's just kind of how it goes. Absolutely. <laughs> so, see, I have one girl and two boys, so I've kind of had to like switch from the, you know, the other way where I had the girl first yeah, and then saw the destruction of boys, <laughs> and everybody would always say, "Girls are so much harder." And I'd look at my boys and I'd go, "What are you talking about? Like, what do you mean girls are harder? Like, no way." Yeah, <laughs> I keep hearing that boys are easier, but I, I guess we'll find out. Yeah, yeah, I, I beg to differ, but that's just me. Well, anyway, I had you here today because I wanted to start an ADHD series. We hear. That phrase ADHD a lot. Actually, I think we hear a lot of people say it jokingly. Oh, my ADHD is kicking in, you know, that type of thing. But I don't think people realize if unless you have it or unless you have a loved one that has it, you don't really fully understand what ADHD is. And I think we're starting to be more open about it. I don't know if you yeah. agree with that. Absolutely. But yes. it was for so long we've talked about autism and that's good. And I'm glad that autism is a lot more open now. We're free to talk about it, free to, I don't know, be more accepting of people of autism, have more patience with, with people of autism. But we also have to realize that autism is not the only thing out there. There's sensory processing disorder. There's executive functioning skills uh, issues. And, and then there's ADHD. What does ADHD stand for? Yeah. Attention deficit hyper. Honestly, I couldn't tell you. (laughs) Your ADHD is ticking it. Right, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. That's all right. Um, But what what exactly is ADHD? So attentive hyperactive disorder, hyperactive disorder, right? Deficit disorder. Deficit. Thank you. Okay, (laughs) I should have thought of that. What that meant before coming into the studio. But what is the definition of that? Yeah. Uh, you know, really just for me, it, it's it's having a hard time paying attention. It's having a hard time getting tasks done with work and, and having to battle that, uh, you know, with distractions. Distractions just come so much easier for someone with ADHD. And to keep on track with that, it's just so much more difficult. So, you know, that that's just kind of my definition, at least my how my ADHD has played, mm-hmm. played a role in my life. And I had to study, and I don't know if you did this as a kid's pastor, but as uh, myself as a kid's pastor, I studied a lot of these different quote unquote disorders or issues. I hate calling them this disorders right. because I understand having ADHD or SPD or whatever. I understand that's different, 
But man, they can be used in such positive ways. So I hate calling them disorders. But I remember I had to study them a lot because I had so many kids in my kids' church. I don't know if you did. Yes, we did. Okay, you had quite a few. So what I learned was ADHD was really a dopamine deficit. Like you are not getting the dopamine, that, that reward hormone like a neurotypical person would. Yeah. Correct. Yep. And so you're constantly searching for that dopamine as well. Mm-hmm. So that, that is definitely a big effect from, you know, from having ADHD. Okay. So take me to the beginning, like take me back to childhood. What was that like for you? Did you know it at the time? Did your parents know? Was it, or was it when you were an adult that you discovered it? Like, just tell me that story. Yeah, absolutely. So I was in fourth grade. It was blessed to go to an amazing Christian school uh, in Grand Rapids. And and my, uh, my mom knew I had ADHD. Um, mm-hmm. She just knew. And the school did not think so. She would talk to the school and the school would tell her, no, we don't think Wes has it. Uh, They thought my little brother had it. And so they wanted him to get tested. And so my mom said, that's fine. But if we're going to test him, we're also going to test Wes. Okay. And so when, yeah, when I got tested, I already had one learning disability at this point that I was diagnosed with, with dyslexia. Okay. And so at this point in fourth grade, um, I was tested and they said, yes, he's, Wes is off the charts, ADHD. Okay. Stop right there. Why did the school not think that you had it, but they thought your brother did? You know, that's a great question. I I really don't know. I think I pretended to pay attention and I was good at (laughs) pretending to try to impress the teachers, but as far as nice. actually paying attention, no, my mind was everywhere else. Mm-hmm. So, And then why yeah. did they think your brother had it? You know, uh, I think he just was kind of, he didn't care as much. So, you know, he did. Uh, but he, as far as having the teachers think he was so great, he, he didn't have that that aspect. So, you know, he wouldn't pay attention or, mm-hmm. or or this and that. And so, yeah, when he was tested, I actually believe he was tested negative. He did not. Well, it was, he might've been bored. Right. You know, Correct. one of those kids that's just so smart that they get bored yeah. with, you know, and that, that's a thing too. Right. Absolutely. And, and I've heard of that where people will say, try to kind of self-diagnose a child with ADHD when really it's just that they're bored right. and they need more things to do, or maybe they're just like uber smart. My husband was like that. Yeah. My husband, they said when he was a kid had ADHD and they had put him on Ritalin and he told me a while back, he's like, yeah, but I grew out of it. I said, no, babe, you didn't have it. Like you don't grow out of ADHD. That is something you were born with and you have the rest of your life. Right. Like you didn't just, you didn't grow out of it. It's just the fact that my husband, he's a really smart guy Absolutely. and he was just bored Yeah. in class. You know. And that's a very good point. That was probably him because he ended up, you know, working on nuclear submarines in the Navy. And he's, <laughs> no, he's not smart at all. <laughs> now he's now he's a supervisor of a warehouse where every single cell phone has a piece of his that comes through his warehouse in their phone. So I think that was it. You know, he, he just was extremely smart and he was bored. So. Yeah. Okay. So you okay? So we're we're in fourth grade. Yeah. You're tested off the charts. Now what happens? Yeah. So I was put on Ritalin. I still remember the first day uh, that I had taken it, and mm-hmm. so the Ritalin really did. did help in the beginning. Um, it helped me quite a bit. And How did it make you feel? So the Ritalin didn't affect me too much. It was later when I was put on Adderall that I was like, I, I can't be on medication anymore because it made my body almost like a high effect and, mm. and I didn't like it. It made me sick okay. uh, and it would last the whole day. So, mm-hmm. and then I wouldn't be able to sleep at night and then I would just start all over again. So what is the difference between, because I'm sure there are parents listening right now that they're suspecting that their child has ADHD. And that's one of the biggest questions that I've been asked, especially when I was a kid's pastor, is medication okay? Like, what do you think? And honestly, medication is one of those things that's between you, your doctor and Jesus. Like you can't say it yes or no. Like that can't be a black and white thing. But what was the difference between Ridlin and Adderall. Yeah, you know, I think Ritalin didn't give me that high effect as much because I had to take it twice a day. But don't, doesn't it, I thought, I thought Ritalin kind of brought you down. I I think that's it. Yeah. And Adderall is kind of, for most people, Ritalin brings you down and Adderall mm-hmm. brings you up. Unfortunately yeah. for me, Adderall actually brought me really down. And oh. Down. So it had a kind of an opposite effect for me. So how come you didn't go back to Ritalin? That's a great question. Um, when I was younger, basketball was my life. And when I was on the medication, I was a terrible basketball player because mm. I was just so mellow. Um, oh. at, you know, I would go from, I remember in middle school having 18 rebounds a game. And then the next game I was on, uh, you know, I was on the medicine and I maybe had two rebounds that game and just mm-hmm. played awful. So, mm-hmm. so for me, it was, okay, I need to get off this medicine because I wanted to focus on basketball. So that, that was the real reason. And then honestly, I just never went back, but it, it's something I have talked to my doctors about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've just come to the conclusion, you know, that, that for me, it's probably best just to stay off for right now and, oh, and we're okay. monitoring it. So, okay. yeah. 
So you're playing basketball in school and you're off the medication. Did playing basketball help you focus in school because you were burning so much energy out on the court? Absolutely. Basketball was everything for me growing up. You know, it's where I found my identity, which was not the right place to be finding my identity, but it, it is where it was. So, you know, I was in, you know, in the gym at 5.30 a.m., you know, working out. I think that really helped me doing that every day because then I had energy burned. And so mm. I was able to focus more when it came to the class time. And that's something I found, too, with kids that have sensory processing issues. If they just burn off the energy prior to school, they'll actually focus more. Absolutely. And doing something, you know, with your hands, you know, like I I think I took a play out of your uh, playbook when I was the children's pastor, the rubber bands on the back Mm. of the chairs where the kids with ADHD, we'd we'd set them up with those chairs and, and they'd bounce. So doing something, getting that energy out and then also just having something to squeeze or to bounce your leg or something absolutely helps as well. Mm -hmm. Would you say that basketball was your hyper focus? Absolutely. Because, okay, now explain to me what, if somebody's listening that doesn't know what a hyper focus is, what is that? That's where you put all of your, I mean, everything to me, everything was basketball related. I needed Mm -hmm. good grades because I wanted to be on the basketball team. Mm -hmm. I wanted to, everything revolved around basketball. Mm-hmm. And and that was my sole focus. Okay. Because um, that is one of the things with ADHD and autism that cross over. There, there are not a whole lot of crossovers, but that is the one of the crossovers yeah. is a hyper focus where you just like, that is your life. I mean, I've heard of kids that dinosaurs, Yeah, that's it. I mean, and if the, the teacher would just let them write a paper on dinosaurs instead of something that they absolutely hate, like that kid would get an A absolutely. because they're obsessed with with dinosaurs. Absolutely. Yeah. I remember presentation I gave was on Grant Hill and, you know, basketball player for those that don't know, NBA played. Yeah. I had no idea. So thank you for clarifying. One of the greatest, you know, in my opinion, NBA players in the history, you know, and, and and college players. And I did a presentation on him and I had a 18 minute presentation completely memorized. Mm. um, And I had never been able to do that before. So yeah, absolutely. Do you think that that is something teachers can benefit from that if a teacher realizes that a child has ADHD and this is their hyper focus that I mean not that teachers don't have enough to do already like right. teachers have so much but if they kind of tailored some things a little bit like a research paper or yep. something to their hyper focus do you think that kids with ADHD might do better in school I yeah absolutely because if 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 a kid with ADHD can find something he's passionate about, then he can really focus or he or she can really focus on that, you know, at least for me and, and, and focus on that. And I was able to do better in those aspects. And then, you know, when it was something that, you know, even now it's something that I don't really want to focus on or work on. It, it's hard to get that motivation and, and to do that. And so it was very hard as a kid to do that as well. You said to me earlier that ADHD had uh, had a play in you coming to Jesus. Yeah. Like that is a part of your testimony, which Absolutely. I don't think I've ever heard that before. So <laughs> yeah. you have me intrigued. I find that fascinating. Tell me how that happened. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, unfortunately, I, I lived a double life for a long time. You, now, know, you were raised in a Christian home, I was I'm raised, assuming, because yep, you went I, to Christian school. I grew up raised in a Christian home, uh, you know, went to a Christian school, went to church on Sundays, but uh, and I'm so thankful for my parents and the love that they gave us. But having the relationship with Jesus, that mm-hmm. that was not really there. You know, we said the Lord's Prayer before dinner every night. You know, my parents prayed with me at bedtime. But actually seeing a relationship with Jesus, I, I didn't see that. And I mm. didn't know what that was like. And so with the combination of both my disabilities, too, like I didn't pay attention in church either. And so I just I, I didn't really know what what Jesus was all about. To me, I had a Pharisee view of, mm. of Jesus. I didn't have hey, Jesus has this grace and he came for, you know, these sinners. I, I didn't understand that. And I think my ADHD played a big role in that. You know, What do you mean by that? Like, pu- like pushing you away? Yeah, like not pushing me away, but I, I you know, I, I never paid attention when mm. a pastor was preaching. I never, so I never heard, you know, I never really heard, you know, the, the, the true story of Jesus mm. spoken from someone who had a true relationship with Jesus because okay. I just, I never had that pay attention. You know, mm-hmm. my mind was elsewhere all the time as a kid and, and growing up and even in my early adulthood. Mm-hmm. So then, all right, so we're fast forwarding. So yep. was it adulthood then that you came to the Lord? Absolutely. This yeah. was after, after you and Casey got married, right? It was, yeah. Okay. So it was after Casey and I got married. Honestly, you know, I, it was really uh, my relationship with Jesus started after I got out of ministry too, when I stepped down. Unfortunately, uh, I had uh, a hidden addiction mm-hmm. uh, that no one knew about, including my wife. And because of that addiction, uh, ADHD actually plays a big role into that. Now, I'm not saying 
you know, someone with ADHD is going to become addicted. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, due to my ADHD and that lack of dopamine, I was searching for dopamine. And as a 13 year old kid, I found it online. You know, unfortunately, shortly after that, it, it really took a ripple effect. The addiction started mm-hmm. and um, that addiction just continued until really about two years ago. Yeah. And I think that's important for parents and teachers to know because or just anybody, really, that's right. you know, if you yourself are listening and you have ADHD, that is so important to know because that's what addiction does is it it gives you that reward homo- yes. hormone. It feeds the dopamine. Correct. And that's why it gets it, it hooks you a lot more right. than a neurotypical person would. Exactly. But did you realize that that ha- that your ADHD played a part I in had, addiction? I had no idea. I didn't know until I joined a small group with a bunch of men that mm-hmm. were you know the same addiction that I had, and like three or four of them had ADHD. And, mm. and uh, when I had said I had ADHD, um, the light bulbs went off. They started talking to me, and uh, yeah, that's that. And, and so I it's. It played a role in that, and and really that addiction was keeping me from the Lord as well. Okay. So, yeah. So now we we see how ADHD brought you to an addiction. How is ADHD bringing you closer to God? Absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I think I have a childlike faith now. You know, mm. it's... Um, I think with ADHD, you know, you as an adult, you almost have a kid mindset. Mm. Um, and so, you know, I've heard they're the best at parties yeah. when they're not on medication. <laughs> ADHD people are the greatest. Yeah. You know, we're, <laughs> we're hyper. My wife has ADHD as well. And so, you know, the two of us combined in a house with four kids, you know, it's mm-hmm. definitely a little crazy. But um, yeah, no, you know, we have a kid like faith almost, uh, you know, and, and it's a lot easier to have that childlike faith. I know God, he didn't make a mistake. Mm -hmm. And so he has a plan and a purpose for my ADHD. And so realizing that and being able to help my kids through it, you know, we, we haven't had them tested yet. Mm -hmm. We were about, we're actually in the process of getting ready to do that, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, and being able to push them in a direction that, that God would like, you know, help them find that direction. And, and, you know, I know God has a place for that. And so it's really just being there, you know, when someone else has it and being able to help them with that as well. Mm -hmm. And I have heard of, business owners, people, CEO of companies that have ADHD and they contribute their success to their ADHD. I think Charles Schwab of the Charles Schwab company, he has ADHD and I don't even think he's on medication and his, his family, I've, I've read articles about him and they're like, oh yeah, the ADHD (laughs) is strong with this one. But he has claimed that it is because of that that his company has been so successful. Absolutely. And I think JetBlue, that's, I was going to say Southwest, but no, that's wrong. JetBlue, the, the CEO, the former CEO of JetBlue, who started the company, he also has ADHD right. and contributes the success of that airline Absolutely. to his ADHD. Yeah. So I, I think, too, if you find something you love. You that ADHD just propels you, you know, because you're you're focused. You're able to focus on on things that you love more, and things that you're not as passionate about. You can't focus on as much. Mm-hmm. So there's aspects of my job. Uh, you know, I'm I work in, in in insurance for employee benefits, and there's there's parts of my job when someone has a claim issue that's just not processing right. I love it, and, and I'm gonna figure out how to get that claim to process right, mm-hmm. so so that I can help them. And, mm-hmm. and that is a part of my job that I absolutely love. And and so when I get one of those, it's yes, and I have no problem focusing on that. And so, you know, I think that's it, too, is finding something you love and and that ADHD will really propel you to help with that. So so if I have ADHD, that's really the key. What is it that I am passionate about, that I am good at, that I can marry those two together because that's the direction I'm going to need to go and I'm going to be successful in? Yes. And and really, that's for everybody, too. Right. I mean, I, I think... We expect people to be good in so many things when really, instead of being a jack of all trades, we really need to be a master of one. What is it that we're good at? What are we passionate about? What problems do we want to solve? And when we marry those three things together, that's when we can really do what we're gifted at and anointed at. Yes. But I think with the ADHD person, it's almost in hyperdrive. It is. (laughs) Yeah. You know. And that's, that's too, is, is with ADHD as an adult too, you, you jump into things quickly. Mm. So, you know, I, that's something that I've had to learn and step back at is just not. Oh, go into that. In. I don't, yeah. don't, yeah. So like being like, for example, become the children's pastor. So I, I am so thankful for the staff at that church. I mean, they, they are amazing. I was not ready to go into ministry yet, but you know, I, I had this new childlike faith and, and I wanted to jump right in. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, to me it was, okay, Hey, yeah, I accepted God two weeks ago. Now let's go be missionaries over 
overseas, you know, and, and that's and that was the route we were going. And that's how we ended up becoming the children's pastors where, you know, God really, I think, wanted me to have a time of rest and a time of growing in him first. Mm. And, and that's where I should have done. And finances, too. You know, there'll, there'll be times when you uh, you can just make stupid decisions with ADHD with your finances because you're like, oh, this seems like a great opportunity or a great idea. But you don't slow down enough to really research and, and, and take a look in the back end. And so that's, uh, you know, that's that's some parts where it's affected me as well. Do you think that has to do I'm just thinking off the cuff here because I guess I've never heard of that before of making rash decisions, yeah. but it makes sense. Does it have to do with that dopamine? Because uh, you get that dopamine rush when you make that decision? I, I think it does have a lot to do with that because there's been times when I've made a decision and, you know, you get that rush and then five or six hours later I've gone, oh no, what have they done? <laughs> right. You know, so yeah, it's that like, was dumb. yeah, like get a puppy, uh, you know, so, you know, <laughs> so yeah, you know, it's, it's definitely affected me um, in those ways. And, and, you know, unfortunately uh, ADHD also, it, it affects your ability to regulate emotions. Oh, um, explain so, that. Yeah. So with ADHD, and it was actually someone in my small group that, that said this to me, and, and I had to start researching it and realizing, wow, they're really right. You have a hard time regulating emotions, so it'll take time. So I, I can get easily offended. And unfortunately, and, and I'm very thankful that I've realized it's due to my ADHD because now there's so many times when I say, okay, God, am I just being you know kind of ridiculous? Is this my ADHD? Mm. And I have a 24-hour rule now where oh. I'm going to take 24 hours just to kind of digest it and take it. And, and usually about, I don't know, you know, 12 hours later, I'm starting to go, oh, okay, I'm glad I took that time. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm glad I took that time to think about it because you can be irrational with ADHD, unfortunately, because it does just, you know, it affects that. And normally a good night's sleep really yes. helps with that type of thing because then you wake up in the morning and you go, oh, that's really not as bad as it, what I thought exactly. it was. Yep. There's been so many times where I've been so angry at a family member and then I've, you know, I'm like, okay, that, you know, that was ridiculous for me to be angry over that. That's another good point. Your anger, people with ADHD or sensory processing or autism, a lot of them have issues with executive functioning skills and people don't really, I, it, it took me a while to figure out what executive functioning skills are because my, one of my sons, he doesn't have sensory processing ADHD or autism, but he does struggle with executive function, functioning skills, which is something that those with ADHD, they really have a hard time with. And that is like the everyday skills that you need to do to process life. Yeah. So, and one of which is anger. Yeah. So there's organization, anger that contributes to that. Yeah. That's that's a, that's an executive functioning skill that you have to really learn that didn't kind of didn't really make that connection in your brain. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you you heard me. There were times when I came to you for advice, you know, after a Sunday, you know, with with interacting with, you know, people in the church and and you know, and it was my ADHD, you know, a few hours later I realized, oh, you know, that that wasn't really what I thought it was and I just mm -hmm. needed to kind of digest it and 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 take it in and and you played a big role in that too and 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 the way I think that that's good advice for that. all of us, <laughs> just give it a day. Right. Just give it a day. It's yeah. probably just fine. Right. Exactly. So speaking of executive functioning skills, we mentioned anger. What about organization? Yeah. How are you with organization? Yeah. What have you, how have you learned to do that? It's taken a long time to learn. I have to be organized with my job or it's just it's not a good situation. And it it, it, it is hard to be organized. It is something I really have to work hard at. I frequently get 80 to 100 emails a day for work at, at minimum, oh you know, and so to go through those and filter those, my email box can get really out of control. And so I... Ways that I found is I usually take a half hour at the end of the day and try to filter as many as I can. And whatever mm -hmm. I haven't gotten through the following morning before I start my day, I filter the rest of the emails into where they need to go. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm able to stay organized. But if I don't set that time, it's not going to happen. And so I have to have that time. And, and I try to put it on my calendar as well so that, hey, this is my organization time so that I can get organized. But it took me a few years to figure that out, many years actually to figure that out. There were times when something that should have only taken me 30 seconds ended up taking me an hour and a half because I didn't I didn't filter that email or I didn't filter this to the proper way. And it took me forever to find it. Do you have to do that with really everything kind of time yourself yeah. with your job? Yes. Yep. I have to time myself with everything. So one thing that I'm, I'm really working at getting better at is just kind of putting on my calendar. Mm. And so I'll put on my calendar at work like, hey, this is set for this time. But then I'll put in parentheses like, feel free to fill it in. You know, if I need a meeting, if a coworker needs to put a meeting with me or a client needs a meeting, they can fill in that time. Mm -hmm. But I have that time set aside on my calendar so that I can do certain functions during certain times. Is that something that you would have benefited from 
if you learned that as a child? I, I mean, did they teach you that when they tested you? Did they teach you how to organize anything like that no, when you were a kid? No, honestly, the I mean, the the way that I did what I did as a child was because I had an amazing mom who was mm. on my grades. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I had no organization skills. I just struggled with that. And it wasn't really until about four or five years ago I really learned how to get organized. So what do you think could have been done as a child to help you be more organized? Yeah. I think just someone that would have sat down with me and and said, you know, someone maybe that had ADHD and said, this is how I, this is how I'm organized. And and that's really what it's come as a result of just great managers and and great coworkers saying, Hey, this is how I stay organized. This is what I do. Mm. And so I've been able to take parts from, from their lessons and do that. And so I think as a kid, it would have really benefited me if I would have had someone that sat with me and and just said, you know, this is how we stay organized. This is how we do this. And Mm -hmm. um, that would have been a big help. What I've done with my son, who, again, he doesn't have ADHD, but he does, uh, his executive functioning skills are off. We finally had to put a big magnetic chart up on our fridge. And in green are all as a list of things that you have to do as soon as you get up in the morning yeah. and red is everything right after school and blue is right before bed. And man, I'll tell you what, that has made life so much easier because I'm not constantly going, did you brush your teeth? Did you go to the bathroom? Did you do this? Have you done your homework? Have you checked this? Because now he does it on his own because it's written for him right there. And he takes his expo marker and he just yeah. marks it off. And it has been, I mean, just something so simple as a $20 expo chart has Absolutely. been a lifesaver yeah. for us. I, you know, for me too, it's just having my time organized. It, mm-hmm. It's even outside of work. Like, okay, this time is set aside for this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even just doing dishes, something that simple because it, it can become overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Um, the time, like I, I go back to college and the time my grades were the best was when I was playing college basketball. Mm-hmm. I was working 15 hours a week and I had a full-time class schedule. When I stopped, I quit playing basketball halfway through. When I stopped doing that and stopped working and all I had were classes, my grades went way down. I had all this extra time, but it wasn't set aside. I didn't mm. have this scheduled for this time, this scheduled for this time. And mm-hmm. so because of that, I, I procrastinated and my grades just took a huge hit. That is interesting. I never would have thought about it that way. It's almost as if the busier you were, the better you were. Correct. You Because you were forced then yes. to do time management. You know, I have found that too. The, the saying is, if you want something done, ask a busy person because you know. Right. They, and I've noticed that with me where I'm in seasons of not being busy, I do get less done right. because I'm not managing my time. Yeah. Yeah, I actually just started um, with a new company about five months ago doing the same thing. And and part of the reason I left the last job was because I just didn't have the workload. Mm. I hardly had a workload. And because of that, my my little workload that I had was not, I, I wasn't getting it done as fast as I would have liked to. I wasn't getting it mm. done as well as I wanted to. And now that I'm busier and I have a lot more uh, of a book of business in my, in, in my clientele, I'm busier and, and I'm able to keep up a whole lot better. Okay. So it, it's weird for me. But yeah, the busier I am, the better. Now let's switch from business to home, Yeah, especially being, okay, so not only do you have ADHD, your wife has ADHD. I mean, how in the world (laughs) does that work? I mean, like, like, because you don't have somebody to get on you to, which is good because your wife is supposed to be your wife, not your mom, (laughs) but you don't have somebody on you trying to help you stay organized. I mean, are you helping each other out to stay? I mean, How does that work? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I'm so thankful for Casey. We are such a great team with that. I think, Um, you know, there's times when we realize that the ADHD is getting a little out of control. You know, we've got four kids now and maybe the house is getting a little messy. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, we we take turns, you know, I'm all of a sudden in the zone and I'm able to start cleaning. So she watches the kids and, you know, a lot of times the same thing. We're we're able to stay, you know, organized and and keep organized and we can get organized. And then 15 minutes later, the kids have the house destroyed. So, you know, it just doesn't. (laughs) What? Three boys? How does that happen? <laughs> right. Never had that problem. Yeah, right. Uh, so, yeah, you know, we just work together. Um, you know, I mean, but do you have to have things scheduled out so you two don't miss anything? Uh, I mean, I'm just fascinated. By, like, how does this work? We, we don't, but we probably should. Mm-hmm. You know, we probably should have it scheduled out. She, um, you know, she has a calendar, uh, a big white um, whiteboard calendar that mm-hmm. the first of every month she has 
everything written down, any appointment she has, any date she has, she's, she's based off that calendar. And, and, you know, I have a similar situation, but as far as getting stuff done around the house, we, we should probably put that out. It would probably work <laughs> a lot better. Uh, we have not done that. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Well, and, and for you guys, you two, what maybe comes natural to a neurotypical person? I mean, you really have to put a lot of effort into it. I yeah. mean, not all neurotypical people are naturally organized. Like I'm, I, I'm organized on the outside, but definitely not on the inside. People will look at me and go, oh my gosh, you're so organized. I'm like, no, I just fake it. Like, it, <laughs> Or I'm organized up to a point and then everything else right. is, is a disaster. But it just seems like for you two, it's something that you would really have to put a lot of effort into it. How is it with ADHD raising children? Yeah. How, how has that been for you? It can be a great benefit because, you know, you, you can get down there and, and act just like the kids. You know? Oh, because <laughs> you have that childlike right. faith. You okay, have that, yeah, yeah. that childlike, you know, messing around with the kids and having fun with them. And I'm sure, you know, there's many parents. My dad did the same thing. He doesn't have ADHD, <laughs> you know, but it, I think it definitely helped having that. It can get very stressful at time. You know, even just a couple hours ago, I was at the park with all four of my kids and the dog and my three-year-old, dad, I got to go potty. I got to go potty. And he didn't want to go in the porta potty. And I, yeah. I was, I was very stressed out. Um, my ADHD was definitely playing a role and I was not the nicest to him. And actually he beat me to the punch. I was just getting ready to apologize to him. That's what I have to do a lot, buddy. I'm, I'm sorry. You know, dad, dad was stressed out. There was a lot going on. I did not mean to, to be like that to you. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately this time he beat me to the punch. He thought he was in trouble. He said, I'm sorry, dad. And I, I had to explain to him, Josiah, you don't need to be sorry. Mm-hmm. This is on dad. Yeah. Um, and so we, we do do a lot of that, you know, between Casey and I, you know, there are times too, when we're, Hey, you're stressed out, go take a break. And we do that back and forth to each other a lot. And so, you know, we'll have to step away for 20, 25 minutes, whether that's just going outside and going for a walk or going up in the bedroom and, and just having some alone time. We, we have to do that often, um, you know, and it works very well for both of us. Uh, she'll let me know, Hey, okay, you're getting stressed. You're not being the nicest time for you to go take a break. And, and I'll do the same for her. And it's good that you can play off of each other. You can read each other because you really, you understand each right. other. But what I like too, is that you are not using ADHD as an excuse not to do something. Right. You're not using it as, as an excuse of, oh, sorry, buddy, dad's ADHD. That's why I did that. Like, it's not an excuse. It's no, you're going to work towards helping your kids. Right. You're going to use your ADHD, uh, what everybody else maybe sees as a disadvantage. You're going to use it towards your advantage, really, and to glorify God. Because right. like you said, God created you and yeah. he doesn't make mistakes and why ADHD happens. I don't know. Autism, like I have my theories on autism, but at the same time, we're created unique on purpose. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and God's going to help guide you. You know, if you let him, he's going to help guide you in the direction that you need to go with the ADHD. And, And that's something I've really learned the last year and a half is just being patient and letting God kind of guide where I go with that. I'll kind of give you an example if if I can about that. So the last, uh, about eight months ago, I was really struggling with work and I was, you know, every morning I tried to wake up an hour early, um, to read. Mm -hmm. And I was so falling so far behind on work that I would wake up that hour early, but I wouldn't read. I'd feel stressed out and I'd have to go work, but then I would work a little bit and, and, and I'd get distracted and I just kept falling further and further behind. And so finally, I just had to give it to God. And, and I woke up one morning and I said, God, you know where I am. You know that I'm being a terrible employee. You know that I have this ADHD. What do I do? Mm-hmm. And I felt him say, give me the time. Mm-hmm. And so I did. I, I said, okay, God, I'm going to give you that time this morning. And I, and I gave that hour to... So to when you say read, you're talking about reading your Bible. Reading my Bible Got and it. spending time in prayer and, and, and just um, being that. And it was amazing how much work I got done in just a few hours. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, And so I noticed that, that I have to read or I have to meditate on the word. I have to be in prayer and I have to let God know exactly how I'm feeling. And, and he's, and all, and that's what, and I get motivated and all of a sudden Mm. I'm able to accomplish what I need to accomplish. Um, but it, it, it it was that it was, okay, I needed to bring this to God. I wasn't bringing it to God. I was, you know, trying to do it on my own and it wasn't working. Talk to, before we close, talk to the parents right now. If a parent, mom, dad, is out there and they suspect that their child has ADHD, what should they do? Yeah. So first thing I, you know, I would recommend is obviously talk to your doctor, talk to a specialist, to your kid's doctor. Um, I I would really encourage those parents not to be super hard on those kids because there's going to be times when the kid is loud when they're not supposed to be. There's going to be times when they're not sitting still in church or they're, they're not sitting still in class and the teacher's frustrated and they don't know what to do with the kid. Mm -hmm. Give the kid grace. The kid needs grace that he or she cannot help it. And find ways to channel channel that. that. 
Exactly. Uh, so if it's basketball. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, channel that in basketball. And, you know, that was something my parents did so well with, with was finding something that, that I enjoyed. And they mm-hmm. were able to help push me towards that to help channel that. And so that's that's what, what I would really encourage parents to be. Don't don't be hard on the kid. You know, it's it, they're not doing it on purpose. They're not getting in trouble in class on purpose. You know, they're not doing this whatever in, on purpose. They are generally having a hard time sitting. They are generally having a hard time paying attention, and it's because of this deficit disorder that they have. It's not something that they're just being a bad kid. Mm-hmm. Now talk to a teacher. Yeah. If, if, if I'm a teacher and I've already got 30 kids in my class, I already have 10 IEPs that I have to, that I have to deal with, but I am suspecting that there is a kid in my class that has ADHD how do I help them in the classroom? So for, you know, the teachers, I, I had so many amazing teachers that just, uh, they helped me so much along the way. Um, you know, I was blessed to have special resources too for me that helped me out a lot. So that would be the first thing I would say is, is first off, just, you know, give the kid grace, like we said about the parents. Obviously, you can't have that one kid disrupting the rest of the kids. So mm-hmm. figure out, try to figure out ways that, you know, do some research, try to figure out ways that can help the kid, whether it's them having some kind of a, a stress ball or something in their hand that they can squeeze, because that that's something that helps me pay attention in meetings is mm-hmm. just being able to squeeze something or bounce my leg. You know what I used to notice with you is like if we would be at district functions together, you would sit and you would play with your wedding yes, ring. all the time. You would yep. mess with it. I actually shot it back. It was a rubber ring. I shot it back a couple <laughs> rows behind and hit a guy in church one time <laughs> with my ring. And, uh, you know, I was the children's pastor. So it was like, ah, I didn't do that one. But uh, yeah, luckily he's, you know, that guy was a great guy. But yes, I'm always playing with something. You know, if I'm watching TV with my wife, I'm bouncing my leg. It drives her nuts. She'll put mm-hmm. her hand on my leg. And also find times for that kid, you know, that the kids are going to need extra time on tests. Mm. So, you know, be willing to give the kid the extra times, um, be, be willing to be patient with them, work with their parents. If their parents, hopefully, you know, are willing. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. And Cause that's not always the case. Correct. It's not, unfortunately. What do you think parents have an aversion to? Cause there are some parents that are like, nope, my kid doesn't have it. And it's off the table. But then there's the flip side where we want to overdiagnose yes. a child when the child is just being a kid and they don't have ADHD. Like, what do you think is the, okay, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's talk about the aversion first. Like, why do you think there's an aversion for parents? Yeah. Uh, you know, I think parents just don't, you know, they just maybe think they're being kids or, or maybe they just, you know, they don't want their kid to have that. You know, it's, uh, if you don't like speak they, the it, label, you mean, right. They don't want the label. If you don't speak it, uh, you know, it's not there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that can definitely be a big thing because I, you know, I know as, as a parent, when my mom got the news, she was devastated for mm-hmm. me. I, I think that's, that's a big thing too, is just, you know, parents don't want their kids to have it. So, you know, yeah. if we don't speak it, it it's not there. Um, my best friend is a teacher. And when I was dealing with one of my sons, he has sensory processing issues. And one of the things that she said to me that spoke volumes was a label gives you power. Right. Because then you can get the resources to help. And with the teacher, you're then connecting the teacher to resources that can help them as well. Exactly. Yep. And so there is, I, I can't remember what it is in the state of Michigan. Excuse me. Um, there is a, there is basically a law. You're diagnosed with ADHD and you're guaranteed extra time on tests. Mm. And the teachers know that they have to give these kids extra time on tests. And so, you know, I think, yeah, putting the label on it absolutely helps the kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and it helps the teacher because now the teachers understand what's going on rather than yeah. the kids just, you know, not, not paying attention in class now. Okay. The kid has ADHD. These are some of the functions that we need to go. And, and then, you know, to the kid, what, what are the routes that I need to go get help? Is it medication, talking to your doctor? Is it, uh, you know, focusing your, you know, focusing in these other areas? Is it getting the energy out like you talked about earlier? Mm-hmm. You know, getting that energy out before class. Um, you know, there's just so many aspects um, uh, to it. Absolutely. Well, and then you have the flip side where you have kids that, especially boys, they're just being boys. Right. Boys tend to uh, need more hands-on yes right and they have a lot more energy and that is because of specific hormones that are going through their body at that time and then some people will want to label it adhd i think my like i said before my kids do not have autism they don't have adhd but i think every single one of my kids someone has tried to label them that all because they were hyper or they had a lot of energy what is that yeah 
Oh, we, we run into it too. And I think a lot of times too, it's with people who have not had boys too. We run into it with mm. our kids. You know, I can't believe how crazy your kids are. And, and one thing I think doctors are doing a lot better job nowadays than they were 10 years ago of diagnosing it. No, we're not going to diagnose it as ADHD. I, I found that that's happening a lot more. I, I do think, you know, here's my ADHD kicking in. I'm trying to remember the question. You just asked. <laughs> <laughs> and you're fiddling with the cords. Right, right. So yeah, you know, I, I think too, with my, you know, I'll give my oldest son as an example. The kid is extremely intelligent. Sometimes I wonder where he, where he got this intelligence from, but in class, he is constantly one of the last kids to finish an assignment, mm-hmm. but yet he'll come in and he'll build, he'll spend hours building a Lego that's, you know, supposed to be for five or six years over his age mm. and he'll get this thing perfectly. Yeah. And I, I, I think for him, I, I really don't think he has ADHD. We are going to get him tested just to see. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's just, I'm sitting at a desk. I'm having to do these papers and I just don't want to do this. I want to be up. I want to be moving. And so I want to be doing stuff with my hands. And so Mm -hmm. when he does get to do stuff with his hands, when he does get to do, you know, these, these put these elaborate Lego sets together, which drive me crazy because I I can't stand Legos, but he, you know, he, he does an amazing job with that and and building these things and, and helping his brothers build these things too. I think to your point, that's it. He's very, you know, he's very energetic. He's a boy. He just likes to use his hands, but he doesn't like to sit in a desk and do. You know, and that's what I'm finding with my one son is that same exact thing. His grades have gone down since going into middle school, which breaks my heart because he is an incredibly intelligent kid. Mm -hmm. But I when, yeah, I think he just has to move because he'll go, we, we have our, our basement's called the Lego room. Okay. We call it the Lego room. Yep. I mean, there's just Legos everywhere. And I think we have like a million dollars worth of Legos. We could probably <laughs> pay off our house with all the Legos we have in the basement. But this kid can look at some sort of spaceship on TV yeah. one time and he can create that perfectly out of Legos. I kid you not. Like, yep. I am not being a biased mom. Like, <laughs> I will go downstairs and he has all these creations. I mean, he will do a replica of some sort of NASCAR that he saw one time, whatever. And I'm going, did you have directions for that? Nope. I just did it on my own. I saw it on TV and (laughs) I'm so blown away, but yet the kid can't, I mean, there's just certain things in English class or math class or whatever that he just cannot do. And, and again, he doesn't have ADHD, right? But that's just how God has uniquely created him. And what what I can do as a mom, I don't know. I'm still trying to figure it out. But I get it. Right. I understand. So so I think to what you said, there are just some people that maybe don't understand what ADHD is. So when they see somebody that can't sit down and focus on a math paper or someone that is just hyper, they just automatically assume. Yeah. That they have ADHD. I mean, my right. my youngest son, again, he does not have it, but he has sensory processing issues. And all the time, oh, does he have ADHD? Does he have ADHD? No, he has sensory processing issues and they do overlap, but it is something completely right. different. And it's, I think it's going to be us as parents, as well as teachers, do kind of doing our research. Absolutely. Of what is sensory processing disorder? What is autism? What is ADHD? And being able to differentiate in a child. Yeah. And I think we're turning a page on that because I I think doctors are doing a lot better job. You know, 10 years ago when I was in college, it was amazing to me the the amount of my college, you know, classmates that were diagnosed with ADHD Mm -hmm. and that were on medication. And it it was almost like you went to the doctor and you said, Hey, I have ADHD. And and they were willing to write you a script. And, and now what I'm finding is it's, it's a lot, it's a lot more difficult to get the medication. You Mm -hmm. know, you really need to meet with because they were overdiagnosing. Correct. So do you think that it's not being overdiagnosed as much as it was. I think so. I mean, I could be wrong, but I I really do think that it's not being overdiagnosed as much as it was. I think, I I think I'm seeing a, a tide starting to turn where doctors are starting to say, okay, we we overdiagnose, and now we need to take this more seriously. Um, and, and I really do think that schools and, and doctors are starting to take it more seriously. And I'm seeing too that they're not willing to even test right until they're a little bit older because. Like I said earlier, there's certain hormones and I can't remember MIS, I know, is the abbreviation for the hormone, but I can't pronounce the hormones name. But it's something that surges through a boy between the ages of two and 10. And that causes a lot of that hyperactivity. Absolutely. 
Yeah. And it can be easily mistaken. It can be. Yeah. You know, and, and so, you know, I'll speak. My, my mother-in-law is an amazing grandma to our to our kids. I mean, she is, uh, you can't ask for a better grandma, but she had two daughters. She didn't have any boys. Mm. And so when she sees our boys in the beginning, it was, I think, overwhelming because yeah. of how how hyper our boys were and, and how crazy she was. And, and she kind of had to get used to this is how boys are. Right. Um, you know, and so, I, yeah, I think you're right. I think, you know, there's a lot of kids where, you know, teachers, too, they, they see a kid and they think, oh, ADHD, mm-hmm. you know, and, and they want to diagnose it. And unfortunately, that's just not the case. Mm-hmm. So we we're talking to parents. We've talked to, to teachers. Now speak to the adult that's yeah. listening that thinks, man, I think I might have that. Yeah. What? should that adult do? Yeah, absolutely. My my first advice is going to be to pray about it, of course. You know, like, you know, talk to God about it. But shortly after that, schedule an appointment with your doctor. If you don't have a doctor, you know, try to find one. Schedule with a counselor. I meet with a counselor every week. And this counselor is is a, a counselor who also specializes uh, in attention deficit disorders. And so he's really able to help direct me. Find out medication is right for so many people. For me, it is not. Mm. Um, but for so many people, it is. So talk to your doctor. Give that a try if your doctor wants you to give it a try. Don't, in my opinion, don't be afraid uh, uh, of it. You know, I know some people may be against it, but don't be afraid of giving that a try because, you know, it may be exactly what you need. Also, just give yourself some grace to give give glory to God. Um, you know, he's going to use your, you know, if you let him, he's going to use your ADHD uh, in a good way. But yeah, absolutely. My first step would be talk to your doctor and then and it might be a relief, too, right. if you realize, oh, I think I have that. Then you're realizing, oh, something's not wrong yeah. with me. I'm just created differently, and now I just have to channel some things in right. the right direction. Oh, this is why I have this hyper-focus towards this, because right. I have ADHD, and God's going to use that for right. His glory. I, I see some of my coworkers and, and the work they put out, and I think, oh, boy, you know, I, there's no way I can keep up with that. But, you know... As time gets going on and I, you know, I, I've, so my point of that is if I didn't know I had ADHD, I would think, you know, there's something wrong with me mm. um, because I, I'm not able to, to keep up with them. And so, um, you know, I, I've had to find ways to keep up, you know, at, at my own pace and, and not have that. So absolutely, you're right. You know, it, it could be a huge relief for someone knowing, okay, there's not something wrong with me. Mm-hmm. You know, I am not, yeah. you know, I'm not just not able to get this completed. I do have something wrong and, and now I have it. Now I know how to. I, handle it. I think another thing, too, for someone that's an adult that is discovering they have it is finding a mentor Absolutely. that has ADHD that can kind of walk them through this. It was so funny. So a few months back, I spoke at this women's conference and at the end of the conference, I had a lady come up to me and she said, um, do you have ADHD? And I said, no, but I can see why you'd think that because I'm pretty animated and I'm loud and all the things. And she said something and I never would have thought about it. She goes, I'm in my thirties. I just got diagnosed with ADHD and I'm really looking for someone that I, another adult female that I can talk to. And I thought, wow, you know, that that's a good point. You need somebody older than you that has walked this road absolutely that can help you in the right direction and get what you need someone to ask questions absolutely yeah you know and i didn't do that for the longest time and and i don't have someone who has adhd but i I think my counselor is a good substitute because he has studied it. that's true that's true i guess you could just do the counselor thing right he he has studied it and there have been just so many things that you know you know Hey, hey, Shane, I, I'm struggling with this. So, you know, mm-hmm. what what do you think is going on here? What can we do? And he says, you know, let's give this a try. Mm-hmm. Um, and we and we give it a try. And, you know, a lot of times he's right there. Sometimes he's not. Um, but, you know, I think definitely having that mentor or someone who has training with attention deficit disorders and that, that can help you with that. I do think maybe having someone who has gone through through ADHD may be better because, you know, studies can tell you everything, but, you know, actually having it yourself and going through it, that's, that's a, I think. Because you've had, you have, you've had to do it with for experience. Correct. So as we close, is there w- any other advice, anything else that you would like to share? I think if I could give advice to someone with ADHD, what I would go back and do is find what I was passionate about mm. before I had a family, before I had, you know, people that I needed to support, mm. find what I was passionate about and, and turn that into a career because it's it's going to take time. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm so fortunate to have the job I do and to work for the company I, I do, but it's not something that I am, I would say I'm solely 100% passionate about. And there are things that I'm passionate about, but in order for me to go do those jobs, I would have to take a huge pay cut and wouldn't be able to support my family. So I wish 
at a younger age, I would have found those and just really focused on those when I didn't have when I didn't have these responsibilities, I didn't have these bills and focused on that so that now, you know, I could be making better money in, in, in those fields. Uh, and that would be my advice to someone, you know. And that would I think that's good advice for parents too, if you see that in your child really encourage that hyper focus and that passion because like I said with a kid with dinosaurs, maybe it is paleontology. Absolutely. Maybe maybe you push them towards becoming a paleontologist and that's something that they can support their family on or whatever. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, for me, it was, um, I, I was blessed to work at great sports camps out in Maine and I would have had a full-time job doing that year round if I would have gotten my college degree. Unfortunately, just due to my disabilities, college is just not something for me. Yeah. Um, having dyslexia and right. going to college is hard. Not saying it's not right. possible, but yes, Correct. It is. That's, yeah, that's hard. Absolutely. And so, yeah, you know, for it just wasn't for me. And, and I wish that, you know, as a 18, 19, 20 year old kid, I would have had that cognitivity to say, okay, I really need to buckle down and, and, and focus on this and, and mm-hmm. maybe take one or two classes at a time. Mm. You know, then I could have done something I was passionate about. Um, that that would be my advice to someone or to parents who have a kid with ADHD or to, to a young person that has ADHD is just take your time. Mm-hmm. Don't pick up too, too many bills. Don't pick up too many responsibilities. Uh, and one piece of advice I heard too, I know I keep saying we're going to close, but <laughs> one piece of advice too that I heard from a parent is that if your child's going into kindergarten, if they're old enough to go into kindergarten, it's okay to wait a year. Yeah. Just because they're five going on six, it's okay to wait that they're Absolutely. six going on seven, that they'll actually do better if they're held back a year. Absolutely. And they're only going to be little for so long, you know, so they're going to, you know, with ADHD, they're going to have a responsibility for the rest of their life. So if you can give them that one more year to just slow down mm. and develop and, and kind of, pro, you know, be able to cognitively process more, mm-hmm. you're just going to set them up in the long run for future because they're going to be closer to being able to, you know, because I feel like as the older I've gotten, the more I've been able to process and cognitively understand things and, you know, um, so I, if you hold them back here, it really absolutely can help. Awesome. Well, thank you, Wes, uh, for just sharing with us today, because I know that not everybody wants to like kind of air their garbage a little. And, and I'm not saying that ADHD is garbage, but it's a vulnerable thing. Absolutely. I think that's what I want to say. It's it's vulnerable. You're sharing what other people see as a disadvantage, but you're taking it. You're using it as an advantage. You're using it to not only help your children, but also in your business and glorify God in the process. So thank you for sharing. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me on. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Unique On Purpose podcast. If you feel as though you or someone that you love has ADHD, remember that it is not bad, but it can be used as your unique superpower if you let it. Unique on Purpose is available on iTunes as well as Spotify. So don't forget to share, download, and subscribe. And remember, you were created unique on purpose. You are loved. And because of Christ, you have been made worthy. Stay tuned next week where I talk to Lindsay LaVisca about how to raise ADHD children as an ADHD parent.